Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey, kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, but we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And welcome to a bonus episode of the Hey Kids Comics annual Christmas roundup, where we actually get together for five minutes or whatever, two hours as the case may be, and discuss the shit that we've discussed. As you may have already heard, we did our roundup of the year and our discussion of what we did in the year, which wasn't a lot because, looks out of window, pandemic. (laughs) But Michael and I have discovered that a lot of people, I say a lot, emailed us last year. So we are going to do a a special add-on to look at those emails from last year. So these are going back to the 27th of the 12th, 2019, when the world was a different place. It was. It was it was a much better place in many ways. <laughs> so that's almost a year to the day that we are recording this. And our first email is from Nathaniel Wayne. Hi, Nathaniel. Hey there, Andy and Michael. Hey there, Nathaniel. I think <laughs> I just said that. Didn't I? The rise of Scowlwalker. Good morning, gents. Good morrow. Wow. Forsooth, I doth my cap to thee. Nice to hear you two banter back and forth again. Been far too long. And here we are again, talking Star Wars. Given our disagreements about The Last Jedi... Well, let's just put that out on Front Street right away. Uh, with the release of The Rise of Skywalker, I think I am perfectly confident in saying that The Last Jedi is a cinematic masterpiece <laughs> and The Rise of Skywalker was not. <laughs> Given our disagreements about The Last Jedi, you might be expecting me to jump all over your dislike of The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Simple truth is, I enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker more than I disliked it, despite a ton of ideas that on paper and in principle I think were incredibly stupid. Bringing the Emperor back, Rey being a Palpatine, reinforcing that only death brings redemption by killing Ben. Yeah, there are some stupid ideas in that film. One of them was releasing it like that. (laughs) One of them was going, looking at that story and going, yeah, that's what we'll go with. But somehow, in the moment, those things didn't bother me as much as I feel they should. But I still shouldn't really like to defend the decisions. Here's the thing. I will absolutely grant to The Last Jedi. It was not safe. It moved forward boldly and confidently in a new direction. A direction I didn't much care for, more so in execution than in concept, but there you go. Actually, thinking about it, my reaction really was almost the polar opposite between these two films. On paper, I could look at most of what The Last Jedi did and go, that's a good idea, and yet I didn't really like the film. And on paper, I could look at most of what The Rise of Skywalker did and go, that's a terrible idea, and yet I did enjoy the film. Hmm. Not even entirely sure what to make of that, because I'm not even sure I'd argue that The Rise of Skywalker is better as a film, only that I personally had a better time watching it. I mean, I also had a better time watching G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra than I do watching Inglorious Bastards, but that doesn't mean I'd call it a better film. See, we were watching The Rise of Skywalker in the cinema. Yeah. And I was watching it going, huh? Mm. 
like, here's the thing with it. I've watched it a couple of times since then. I don't think you have. I watched... Uh, I, I watched the Chinese copy that was going Right, on. yeah. I watched that as well. Yeah. And I've watched it on Blu-ray since. So I've now seen it three times. Mm. And unlike The Last Jedi, which gets better for me every time I watch it, yep. with the caveat that, yes, it is a little bit long, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, I would argue that maybe Canto Bite doesn't have to be quite as long as it is. I really like the Canto Bite. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying I don't, but I'm arguing that it, it does It does kind of slow the film down a little bit, though. And you do get to the bit just before Luke shows up where you think, wow, we've not had the final confrontation yet. Mm. So it is a little bit long, but I, I watch that, and the more I watch it, the more I think, wow. I am amazed by the choices that Ryan Johnson was allowed to make. Because yeah. let's disregard all the YouTube whiners who were all very... Ryan Johnson came in. I think you'll find. Ryan Johnson came in and he pissed all over everything and he sneaked his ideas in. No, no, no! That's not how filmmaking works. No, certainly not franchise filmmaking. <laughs> if you think that script didn't go through every hand of everybody who works in the upper echelons of Disney and Lucasfilm yeah. and they signed off on it... He didn't do anything in that film that Kathleen Kennedy was like, hmm, not sure about this. <laughs> he, they signed off on everything. So that's what he did. And it's really sad to go back. And there's a YouTuber, Jenny Nicholson. Yeah. It's really sad to go and watch her Last Jedi video now. And the last minute of it where she says, but one of the best things about this film is you can't go into the next one and have them just remake Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and you look at that now and you go, oh, poor Jenny. You poor naive fool. Because the first thing the moron does is rebuild his mask. Yeah, that's one of these things. So, so the the Last Jedi like follows through on everything set up in the Force Awakens. Like, yep. really well, really naturally. And one of the the, the best things about that is Adam Driver's performance in mm-hmm. it. He's he's he very much is the Darth Vader fanboy, and then he kills his master, steps out of the shadow, and becomes the strongest character in the film. Mm-hmm. That gives a great performance, and then they follow that up with not having his face as a likeness in the theme parks. <laughs> so they give him his helmet back. Is that what it is? That is one of the rumours. Jesus Christ. Well, that's creative. Yeah. Uh, for what I felt were legitimate strengths, the chemistry between Finn, Poe and Ray, Nathaniel Kills, was great as a trio. Yes, it was. Why did it take them three movies to put them together? Also, the problem with that was they all got on really well because they'd all built up these friendships. We just didn't see that happen. Yes. That well, happened in between films. My favourite part of The Rise of Skywalker, right, was watching it with your mum and Ray and Finn. No, it's not. It's Ray and Poe Dameron are bantering. Yeah. And your mum just watches, lifts up her iPad because she doesn't care. So she looks from behind her iPad and goes, that's not the bickering of friends. They've fucked each other. And suddenly... <laughs> My head is filled with these stories of in between those two movies where where Ray and Poe Dameron were a thing. Well, obviously they had to because J.J. Abrams got his diversity checklist but isn't actually a good writer. So, yeah, let's have the black lead and the white woman fall in love. But then introduce a black woman for him to fall in love with because, oh, no, diversity only goes so far. So, like, the problems with the main characters was that they were really good but all the really good bits it didn't feel satisfying because we hadn't seen the build no we've we've not seen that like we didn't this friendship between them like yeah yeah ray meets poe dameron for the first time at the end of the last at the end of the last jedi and then the rise of skywalkers opens with them bickering like they're ex-lovers and you're like have we missed a film 
how much of that was because of all of the love for Finn and Poe? Totally, yes, totally but like I just said, thing. diversity only goes so yeah. far, and God forbid we should have a gay couple in a Star Wars film. Both of the actors were on board with yeah. that, as a, and I don't know if you've ever gone back and seen the Force Awakens. Where he like bites that, his lip. Where he's like, "Oh, my jacket does look good on you." Mm. <laughs> and he totally bites his and lip. I, 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 I want that. Let's. It's not enough to have these diversity checklists and just go Latino, black woman, mm-hmm. like do more. Like, have a gay couple in it. Yeah. Because, oh, the first gay kiss happens in it. And oh, jeez. It, it lasts for a second in the background. And rah, rubbing arms. Rah. Yeah, there, there were people angry about that. This woman in power's got purple hair, SJW, rah. And it's, no, it's like... Have an entire female Star Wars. Have an entire gay Star Wars. Just do things with it that you weren't, like, you couldn't have done before. Yeah. I, I would have been perfectly fine with pin and fit pin. Yeah. There you go, there's the slash name. Because there's, li- there's literally no reason why you shouldn't. No, because who cares? I think it's kind of worse to check all these things off, but then do the safe thing with them just to say that, well, at least we've got them. Isn't that all the Rise of Skywalker was, though? Yeah. Let's look at all the, the during things that The Last Jedi did yep. that the fan base were up in arms, that a very small yeah. amount of the fan base <laughs> were up in arms at, and then let's cross them off and go backwards. Mm. It was, yeah. Anyway, Nathaniel continues, whilst it's a bit contrived, I had fun with the treasure hunt structure and it's something I haven't seen in a Star Wars film before, so it worked for me. It would have worked for me if it made a damn bit of sense. (laughs) I don't mind having the treasure hunt structure, but it was just so goddamn contrived. So, all right, so does Luke know that Palpatine's alive then? Well, yeah, because he went off to search for the Sith planet. When? Well, him and Lando did it. Of course. When? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in that thirty-year gap. Oh, okay, they right. found the dagger by accidentally falling into a sandpit. Yes, it's completely by Which, accident they find the dagger. I can buy that. Oh yeah, that okay. That's but why Luke didn't find they it. They land on this because he didn't make an accident. Yeah, because he's not an idiot. So also, Luke couldn't find the thing that they go directly to. No, no, because he, he's stupid. But then they land on this planet, this sea planet. Yeah, and they walk in a. Perfect, perfect line. Yeah, the accidental dagger that they found takes them where they need to go. To stop at the perfect, almost accidental, at the perfect position so that she can line up a bit of the dagger. A bit of the dagger that comes out that has not been set up. So we as an audience member are going, where did that bit come from? To perfectly line it up with this debris that fell from space and is in the ocean and hasn't moved. For 30 years. Nope, because because it's a well-known fact that heavy objects in, in the ocean yeah. are battered by the sea, and so if, they'll move, and the, the, they don't move in the silt. And all right, I can I can forgive that really? if there was at least a line of dialogue giving them coordinates to stand on that specific <laughs> spot. No, 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 don't be daft. But there isn't. No. She just does. She just does. So, yes, yeah, so Nathaniel, the treasure hunt structure would have worked much better if it made a lick <laughs> of sense. But, okay. 
Despite all that, there's plenty to complain about. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> Many complaints of which can be found on my full review on the Council of Geese YouTube channel. Subscribe now and get a free hit of smug superiority. <laughs> Limited time offer, void were prohibited, no purchase necessary. Everything about Palpatine is stupid, though I suspect having known he'd be back since the first trailer gave me time, basically, to go from seething hatred to a light simmer of annoyance. I wasn't annoyed when I found out he was back. I was excited. Because it was all kind of, ooh, are they going to pull that? off yeah no, no no they did not it, it's it's so... i was annoyed that they announced it in a game what was that they announced palpatine's presence in fortnite in fortnite it's all about it's fortnite all about fortnite yeah yeah this is a this, major the, the, the first the first line on the the title crawl is like palpatine's message is across the universe mm. but it's not in the film it's in no, fortnite it's in fortnite and again this goes back to the distinct lack of planning yeah. that went into the sequel trilogy. How much more satisfying would it possibly have been had Luke said in The Last Jedi, maybe, well, I suspected that Palpatine was still around, mm. and that is another reason for him for want to just end the Jedi and Sith lines. Yeah. Cut him off completely. Don't give him what he wants. Yeah. Don't give him the fight that he so desperately craves. Don't give him the Jedi versus Sith. It's all cyclical. I am ending that now. Yeah. Palpatine can go and suck eggs. But they don't do that, do they? Because they didn't have it all planned from the beginning. Yeah. So, whatever. Uh, Nathaniel continues, The climax is the most fanfic thing I've ever seen put into film. Yeah. And all the Star Destroyers have Death Star lasers. And literally every other ship in the galaxy comes to fight them. And the Emperor can lightning the entire fleet. And Rey beats him because she has two lightsabers. The sacrifices of Chewie, C-3PO and Rey all get undermined or reversed. They all get reversed. Uh, they plant potential female love interests for both Poe and Finn, C, no homo, and then offer up unnamed lesbian couple in literally one shot, and everyone in that decision can just fuck right off. Isn't that what we were just saying? Yeah. Well done, Nathaniel. We are, we well, are in complete Ray, agreement. Ray, I've, got, though. I've got something to tell you. I've got something to tell oh, you. Oh, God, that bit. Yeah. So, uh, I've got something to tell you. What? I'll tell you later. <laughs> <coughs> was it? Uh, oh, so so JJ, what what was it? Was it that he was in love with her? Um, uh, uh, he's force sensitive. <laughs> what? Okay. Word it so okay. Maybe plant that in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Because <coughs> you know, if he's force sensitive, maybe he could have piloted himself off that planet and not crashed on Jakku. Yeah. Instead of needing Poe Dameron. To get off the planet. It retroactively makes The Force Awakens stupider. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it? But that's the thing. It doesn't make The Last Jedi stupider. Which everyone else seems to think it does. Yeah. But it doesn't. It makes The Last Jedi look even braver in retrospect. That they had somebody who was willing to take those level of risks in a major franchise movie. Yeah. Dumb as dirt, that film. I don't know. I just had fun. And I don't need everything to be fun. One of the best films of the past year was Us, which is a goddamn harrowing to watch and challenging as hell to unpack. But it counts for a lot when you need it, and I kind of needed fun right now. And that was a year ago, Nathaniel. I think we need fun now more than ever. And I'm sorry, Solo is better than Rogue One? That film that condenses what should have been at least a decade worth of activity into his literal first off-world adventure, like the script was playing Join the Dots, with every known fact of Solo as a character. You literally, it's good other than the fan pandering. But what the hell is the... But what the heck is it other than the fan pandering? Oh, look, he shot first. Well, Don't you know, are you going to criticise The Last Crusade? Because that does the same thing in the first 15 minutes. Don't get me wrong. Like, it is a tick of the boxes of how did he get his gun? How did he get his jacket? How did he get this... But also, 
not every it was the film that proved not everything in Star Wars had to be super important and connected. Yeah. It was a comic or a novel yeah. as a film. If it not, had been a Disney Plus four part series, yeah. everyone would have loved it. It's not Rogue One which f- gives us information about something that we already knew anyway. Yep. We already knew what was going to happen to the characters mm-hmm. and literally as soon as every character finishes the role, they die. Yeah. But oh, the bit with Vader at the end is really cool. Well, that's the, my big problem with Rogue. I love awesome credit. Give me an awesome credit TV show <laughs> and I'm there. I don't give a shit about Cassie and Andor. Yeah. Give me an awesome credit TV show. My big problem with Rogue One is it don't is don't choke on your aspirations. aspirations. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant life. My big problem with Rogue One is it exists to solve a plot hole that doesn't exist. Yeah. So over the years someone has decided that there is no way the Empire would be that stupid as to make a Death Star with this flaw. Mm. This flaw that is literally a pinprick yeah. in the size of the overall space station. This flaw that no one could possibly hope to make as a shot. It is akin yeah. to you driving along at 50 miles an hour, leaning out of your car to a van that is driving in front of you at a similar speed and trying to throw a banana down the tailpipe. <laughs> That's what Luke's shot is. It is nigh on impossible. They would even probably have looked at the plans and gone, well, you do realise, right, that if somebody gets a blaster shot up that thing, it will cause a major chain reaction and destroy the station. Yeah. And the guy in charge will have gone, really? <laughs> you really think somebody's going to get... A... We've got turbo lasers, dude. That trench is tiny. There is no way on God's green planet Death Star that anyone is going to make that shot. Don't be daft. Go and get me a coffee. Well, you know, he was also smart in that as well. Yeah. But so so the whole point of Rogue One is to basically say, yeah, George wrote Star Wars with his massive plot hole in it. No, he didn't. You've had 30 years of over-analyzing a film and got it wrong. That's my problem with Rogue One. Yeah. It looks great. Oh, it does. <clears throat> the last hour is brilliant and exciting, no denying. But uh, again, we've got to make it all uh, super connected. Yeah. Let's bring Leia into it. Yeah, why? Why? It's a new hope. Oh. And look, We're and rebels. We rebel. Oh. And Orson Krennic is the best, or was, the best human bad guy that Star Wars had seen up to that point since Tarkin. And okay. now you've got Moff Gideon. Yeah. Because they've realised that the best villains are the ones that aren't big CG monsters or hid behind a mask. Because mm. you can't top Darth Vader. Yeah. But ultimately, that's my problem with Rogue One. The thing with Solo is, yes, it's largely pointless. Yes, it's tick boxy. Yes, it's fan service. But it's not earth shattering. The universe isn't at stake. It doesn't want to be in a big Solo. Deal. It's yeah. just a fun it's side just, adventure. It's, it's the most fun pure pulpy sci-fi Star Wars has been since the 1977 original. Mm. And there is nothing wrong with that. And Rogue One wants to be important by filling a plot hole that doesn't need filling. I want to see a film about Boffin spies. Just how many of them died to get us those plans. <laughs> I sent a Boffin spy for coffee the other day. All dead. <laughs> that was a joke. It's something I can't remember what it was in, but it did make me laugh. You slag off Darth Vader's presence in Rogue One, but ignore Darth Maul's pointless sequel baiting in Solo because he was there to bait a sequel. Darth Vader's appearance in Rogue One is there simply for coolness. Is it yeah. cool? Undeniably. Would I watch a 90 to 100 minute movie of Vader just hunting down the Jedi? Fuck yes. But at the same time, like, Darth Vader's presence in that film is a bit dumb when you think about it. 
We're just we're just on a diplomatic mission. Bitch, I just chased you out of the ship. Yeah. It kind of spoils the beginning yeah. of Star Wars. Don't be lying to me. I just saw you give it to that guy in the last film. Yes. Yeah, I literally saw you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I literally saw you pass it to that man. Don't fucking give me any grief, princess. But yeah, you're right. I want to get my ass out there and hit up a pub. <laughs> Good luck with that at the moment. I ramble with you so freaking badly to be the best geek fight ever. <laughs> we really would, actually. <laughs> See you next Christmas. Irony! Geekily yours, Nathaniel May. I feel like I mentioned this in a previous email, but hey, it's been a year. On Blade Runner 2049, I can appreciate that they didn't answer whether or not Deckard is a replicant, but I don't like that he's now important. Deckard is not important. None of the characters in the original are important, save for maybe Tyrell, and that's the point. They will not reshape the world, they will not be remembered, and they will be lost in time like tears in rain. But realising that can be freeing. The film tries to have it both ways by making Deckard important while emphasising that Kay isn't. Still a great film, but it stumbles a little for me thematically. Uh, is Deckard important? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I suppose he is, yeah. That he's impregnated a replicant, which supposedly isn't possible. Yeah. And give birth. Yeah, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, I can go with that. You know what? I want four hours of what? a director's cut of that film. Blade Runner 2049. I, I, could, I could watch a four, five hour cut of that I film. I could watch really. that as a four apart miniseries, easy. Yeah. yeah. Give me that, or give release the Villeneuve cut. And it's not. It's not even fun. It's depressing. Oh, yeah. You're bummed out by the end of that yes. film. I and love it. it. it, it it's <laughs> so good. Like, Ryan Gosling's so happy that he might just be a real boy. But yeah. No, you're a robot. And, and all no that stuff cares. with Joy. Yeah. And it's like, does she really love him? No, she's just no, programmed to. And it's, and it's heartbreaking. And it does this... Re- you start liking this character, and as soon as he realises that he might be something... Yeah. They tell you his girlfriend was programmed to be in love mm-hmm. with him. They tell you those aren't his memories, they're someone else's. Yeah. He is unimportant. Yeah. He's not the hero of his own story. Yeah. And then he dies. It's so sad. Yeah. I love Blade Runner 24. I've watched that four times. That's more than I've rewatched The Last Jedi. And it's more than I've rewatched any major movie mm. from a major studio in the past couple of years. Which I, I don't care about Dune. But I, oh, I, I do. I, I No, no. I mean, Dune is a thing. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. But I'm really excited to see Villeneuve's Denny Villeneuve do But Dune. see, that going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the other show, plug, plug, because it's all <laughs> cyclical and we plan it off. Villeneuve is saying it's going straight to stream and has killed Dune as a franchise. Mm. Is he wrong? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Dune has been pushed back from this Christmas to next Christmas. Yeah. So it's entirely possible by that point Warner Brothers will change Maybe their mind. go back and rechange it. Like, I never thought I would say this, but do what they did with Justice League. If it's going straight to streaming, don't do it as a big blockbuster film. Do it as... Re-edit it as a four-part miniseries Just thing. do it as like a bunch of 90-minute specials. Yeah. But he's hoping to make his three films, isn't he? Yeah. Children of Dune, Heretics of Dune, and all that. See, I've got Dune on my bookshelf. I've had it since I was like 14. Yeah. Every time I've tried to read it, I've not been able to get into it. I think I've said this a few times, but Jodorowsky's Dune, the documentary, is yes. a fascinating watch. Yeah. It's such a good film. If only for the bit at the end where he's, he's talking, he's like, oh, so my film never happened, but then I heard David Lynch is going to do it, and I thought, I've got such hope for Dune. Mm. If anyone can make Dune work, it's David Lynch. And then I sat in the cinema laughing to myself because it was shit. Yes. It, it, I watched Dune this year. Mm. I watched Dune again this year, David Lynch's Dune. And it is one of those films that you watch going, how did a filmmaker as talented, <laughs> as unique, as visionary, yeah. as David Lynch make this 
And you actually come out of it laughing at it because of how inept and bad it is. Yeah. And you're like, no wonder David Lynch won't even acknowledge that he made this film. What has he changed? Has he just outright taken his name off it or did they change it? The film, the filmed release version, the cinematic release version has still got his name on it. Yeah. Any extended and or TV edits, he's made them change it to Alan Smithy. All right, okay. And he's took his name off. And I think it's one of those, like you've said with somebody else, it's still to this day the film he won't, he won't talk about, do you? Yeah. He's not happy with it. He doesn't want it. He, even he acknowledges, what the hell is it? Well, was that another one? Because I don't know much about that. Was that one where the the um, he was told by higher-ups what it had to be and it was a creative difference? I don't know. There, is, there's, there must be a book out there about Dune that is yeah. as in-depth as Future Noir is about Blade Runner. David Lynch was uh, planned... According to him, so I don't know if it's true, yeah. uh, George wanted him to direct Return of the Jedi. Yes, well, George, he went and met with George about yeah. Return of the they, Jedi. He, he said, and they, isn't that where he said, I'd rather slit my wrists? He said they, like, they flew him out to LA, met him, they showed him around, and he had a great day having lunch and being shown all the props, but then going back and going, absolutely not. Yeah, and then he made Dune instead. So, you know. Yeah, alright, I'll go with Nathaniel on that one. It's Christmas, spirit of data. <laughs> Damien Lee has, uh, has uh, emailed in. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Damien. Morning. Well, it's afternoon now, but whatever. It's a pleasure to listen to you and Michael chat about Star Wars and your geek year in review, especially as I'm sitting on a two-hour coach ride into mountains in North China. The snowy vistas tie nicely to the cosy fireside tone of the show. Maybe we should put that as a background. Just like <laughs> fire crackle and stuff and pretend that we're sat in front of a fire and shit. I got a big Panini Immortal Hulk trade paperback which I've dipped into and seems good so far and the Phil Jimenez Wonder Woman omnibus. Not read any of that before so I'm looking forward to it. Inspired by your other show, the Trek Stardate Movie Collection. That's my next 10 free evenings sorted. If only you could get your lad to commit to four times a year get together. <laughs> I'd love to hear your takes on Heroes in Crisis, Doomsday Clock and the DCCW shows and man, Death of Superman that would be great. Go on! Your audience needs it. Thanks for making the time to do another show and best wishes for 2020. <laughs> oh, it's so heartbreaking reading these now, isn't it? Oh, God, we were so young and full of promise. The year of Machine Man's return and Iron Man 2020. They've made an Iron Man 2020 comic as well this year. All right. Yeah. Regards, Damien. Well, thank you, Damien. Um, you know, if we could, we would. But life isn't kind to us, especially this year. Uh, Tom Panaris has emailed in Hello Leylands, thanks again for another great Christmas episode It's become a tradition in this house for me to listen to your show once it drops While I contemplate taking every Christmas decoration down And nurse the headache my son's video game music is causing <laughs> We have a headache for a different reason, don't we? Yeah mm. I have many thoughts on the rise of Skywalker Although I'll boil it down to a few of them Because I spent most of the episode agreeing with you And figure that other more prolific emails have covered a number of them Well, Nathaniel <laughs> covered most of them Anyway, was there a single quiet moment in the film? About ten minutes in, I wanted to kidnap J.J. Abrams, take him back into the editing booth, smack his head with a ruler if he reached for the editing button before ten seconds of the scene had passed. If the nuns in Brooklyn parochial school could force my dad to write with his right hand, I could force him to let a scene breathe. Well, that's because they had so much to cover in so short a period of time. Because they had completely and ineptly not set up... Anything. Anything. 
Two, I was hoping that Ray and Ben were grey Jedi, and that when the Force had awakened in Episode Seven, it evolved to the point where it needed people who embodied a newfound balance between dark and light. I thought that maybe this is where Ryan Johnson was heading, especially since Ray was supposedly a nobody. But I may be on my own though. Well, she does have a grey outfit in the third one, doesn't she? Well, no, it's the second one. Isn't, it? isn't that what they're doing with Ahsoka at the moment? Yes, grey. But she's not technically a Jedi. She quit the Jedi Order before she could graduate. Oh, okay. So that's how they're getting around that whole. How could she be? A around yeah and for there is another wouldn't it have made more sense to send luke to ahsoka yeah but you know number three at one point you guy mentioned that ray dying and kylo ben rising to the hero would have been a better ending but i have to disagree because i didn't want ray to be a woman in a refrigerator i mean we literally had to see rose tico get told to sit out because of pissy fanboys so at least we didn't get all the sexist tropes well there is that i mm. suppose I suppose if you keep Ray around. And see, the more I think about it, the more I don't really have a problem with Ray Skywalker. She's adopting the name so the legacy will continue. And that's yeah. fine. I don't mind that really so much. When did Palpatine become an anti monitor? <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths joke. Well done. I've gone on long enough. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and all the best in 20 again. So sad to read these now. I hope we all survive the experience. Oh, that was prophetic. <laughs> you didn't realise that when you wrote it, did he? Blimey, O'Reilly. Best Tom. P.S. Insert plug for pop culture affidavit here. <laughs> I just recorded with Tom. Oh, yeah. uh, we did a James Bond episode, so that should be out somewhere soon. So The last email should have had a subject heading, but I'm completely incompetent, Tom. <laughs> do you know, we, we ostensibly do this show about comics and we seem to talk about more about films and it's the Mostly rise Star of Skywalker <laughs> that most people have, have joined us for. Yeah. Our final email, Trey Hooks. It's a good job that we, we did this as a separate show, I think. Hello, Andy and Michael. My annual, tra- my annual? My annual tradition of listening to the Christmas edition delighted me, as always. I was a bad boy this year and listened to your review of Rise of Skywalker before going to see it. The spoilers didn't ruin it for me, and for many ways you prepared me for the film, which I liked. I came out of the theatre with a nice grin on my face, which hasn't happened with most of the genre offerings this year, other than Shazam and Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, both of those were fun. Shazam's good, I like Shazam. I've not seen it. It's not miserable. Okay. Or grim. Wait, so it's a DC film? It is, and the Snyder Bronies have disowned it. (laughs) And they're also doing that with Wonder Woman 84. Already started. It's not part of canon. What? Uh, I know what I'd like to do with a fucking canon. (laughs) I say this as someone who, on the whole, is a fan of The Last Jedi. I think some of the Casino Planet stuff went on a little too long. It's like we planned this shit. (laughs) But Ryan Johnson gave us a really cool, different Empire Strikes Back. Make no mistake, structurally and Tony, it is Empire, which is what you've said. Um, but he came on from a different direction, was not as slavish as Abrams to hit certain nostalgic beats. My take on some of the commentary from Bro Review. C-3PO not being able to translate Sith. I gave this a pass for a couple of reasons. My interpretation was that C-3PO could easily, could clearly, sorry, understand Sith, but there were programming blocks preventing him from speaking, providing the translation to anyone. I know Andy mentioned that he couldn't believe Anakin wouldn't program to understand Sith, but my headcanon has always been that Anakin developed the chassis and the personality, but the language and protocol programming was added later. Unless there was a standard disc of etiquette and languages he somehow got from Watto, I don't think Anakin, for all his skill had master linguist under his belt to program that skill set into 3PO. I still think that was just contrived. Well, have they not mentioned that in Phantom Menace where he had different languages so that he could speak to all the different yeah. sellers and traders and that? Yeah, and maybe and then it, it makes know. sense that once the rebels got a hold of them. Well, he was mind wipe at the end of Revenge of the Sith, wasn't he? That Which R2D2 has never been. Mm. 
but still begs the question about it. So where are we going, Luke? Uh, we're going to Dagobah, Luke, where I'm going to learn about my father from Yoda. Oh, your dad, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I knew him in the Clone Wars. What? Yeah, yeah, I was his protocol droid, like I'm yours. You knew my dad? Yeah, let me tell you all about him. And he gets to Dagobah and he's like, ah! <laughs> No, there is another. You know, yeah, I know, I just told him everything about it. <laughs> yeah, I've got R2-D2 saying, Hey, yo, I've saved some time. How you doing, mate? I've so, seen you for a while. Anyway, your dad was also mates with this other Jedi who's gone dicking about out there as well now. <laughs> Oh, no, be what? Yeah, he cut your dad to bits. It was hysterical. We had a good laugh about it. <laughs> so is that too neat to the biggest dick in Star Wars? He could have just told Luke at any time. I, mean, I like to think that r is a bit of a dick anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love him. That's why he's my favourite character. Two, the sidelining of Rose. It may be unfortunate, but it kind of had to happen. Let's face it, Rose Tico is the Lando of this trilogy. In Empire, there was space for Lando because Luke was off on his own on Dagobah. Similarly, Rey's training with Luke made space for Rose with Finn in The Last Jedi. Continuing the comparison, Han had a reduced role in Return of the Jedi, and some of the screen time he might have gotten went to Lando. One of the highlights of this was seeing the three leads work together for the first time. I agree, it should have happened before now, and in some ways that's a mistake made by both directors. Who would be cut to make more screen time for Rose? The only candidate I can think of is Janna, and why does everyone think she's Lando's daughter? I didn't see anything in the film to support that no because he flirts with her because the film didn't say that it was the um the visual dictionary all oh, right the, the visual novel. dictionary that also told us that that um Which finn feels... was force sensitive yeah, yeah and yeah. the same one that explained who wrote uh ray's parents were all oh, oh, right see this 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 isn't like a thing of us interpreting things that weren't in the film this is everything around the film telling us what the film didn't yes because in the film, he's clearly, how oh, you doing, isn't he? Let's be honest. If that's his daughter, that's creepy as hell, that scene. Anyway, make it Rose's idea to go to the casino planet and get those animals and maybe some of the slave kids for the ground attack for the Star Destroyer. Then you have a bigger role for Rose and a tie back to the previous film. Well, the horses that are running on the Star Destroyer that, I don't know, could just tilt. I mean, that doesn't seem like real life, does it? <laughs> it does not seem like real life. Those bombs, those bombs in the last year ruined the movie for me because that's not how they'd work in real life. It's a fucking Star Wars film. Real life, my... Oh, God. Number three, I agree that Michael's proposed plotline worked better thematically. In this case, this gets Rex... In case this gets read next year, I'll recap. His idea was that Ray and Kylo are both conflicted because they are on each other's path. Ultimately, Rey becomes Sith, Ben becomes a Jedi, they have the big confrontation, and Ben wins. The main problem with this is we now live in 2020. Would that we didn't. I can't Disney, or even Lucasfilm pre-Disney, in the new age of feminism, Me Too era, metaphorically looking at all those little girls in Rey costumes and going, ha ha, you've been rooting for the villain all along. It just wouldn't play now. Yeah, that's probably true. And I don't want Rey to be the bad guy. I don't, I don't know, like, I, I, see, I see Kylo as like, the good guy who's on the wrong path. Yeah. But then we get this thing in Return, um, Rise of Skywalker where she sees herself as a Sith. Mm -mm. And there is just this thing where you sit back and think, like, when has this ever been a thing? When has this ever been established? Why is she scared of who she is? And why is she scared that because her uncle's the Emperor, he's gonna, she's going to go bad now? It's never been established that she had any doubts about herself. No, she wasn't like Luke, who was, would have been told that the path to the dark side is, is the wrong one yeah. by Obi-Wan. And that's why he'd gone to Yoda and so forth. There was that little thing in there that maybe I'll go to the dark side like my father did. Mm. There was none of that in Resmay. Makeup. She yeah. didn't even know she had the force. Mm. 
until, you know, the end of The Force Awakens. So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Tatooine isn't important to Leia. Both of you are correct on this, but I think you may have misread the scene. Raybed is Anakin and Luke's lightsaber at the farm. She keeps Leia's lightsaber, does she? No, she's built her own. Yeah, because it's yellow. That's her own lightsaber. The lightsaber that we see Leia using is green. Blue. Was it blue? Mm. Right, I thought it was Luke's green one. I don't know. Because that because expl- they've never explained as well in The Force Awakens how Luke's lightsaber got to Maz Kaneta. Oh, is that in external the, the media? Current, oh, God, yeah. current Marvel comics. Of course. There was another Jedi watching him fight Darth Vader on Cloud City, and she... What, all the, the Jedi lightsaber. that Darth Vader wiped out? Yeah. Yeah. Another Jedi. Safest place to hide out a city that's been occupied by... By the Empire. The Empire, yeah. yeah. How would he know that that's where Vader was going to go with the Empire, given that Vader himself how would only Vader looked not onto it? Them? Yeah, how would Vader not have sensed them? That seems well, like I've, a stupid idea. I've not read it, because it's the... New Marvel series that's in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Right. I've not read any of it, I just know that it's a thing. Okay, okay. Ultimately, this hit me in the fields in the right places. Ben's redemption, Chewie crumpling at the news of Leia's death. Yeah, that bit was good. The arrival of the Millennium Falcon leading the cavalry. By the way, my headcanon is none of those ships showed up in The Last Jedi because the First Order and Resistance was not the problem until there was a fleet of Star Destroyers with the planet killer guns. Kind of like how a lot of my countrymen think Brexit is a UK-only problem until it comes back to roost on their doorstep in some manner. It still has issues. Why can't the Resistance have ships that can take down Star Destroyers with a single shot if planet killers can be so common? I wrote on my old blog how The Force Awakens seemed to be my kid's Star Wars. I liked it fine enough, but my Star Wars is still on the DVD shelf. Last night at dinner, having seen the film, my kids were talking about their favourite parts, and my wife, who never warmed to the original trilogy and prequels, was joining in. So this isn't my trilogy, it isn't necessarily yours and Michael's, but it's theirs, and we'll always give it respect and affection for that. Trey Hooks. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We don't have any problem with this Star Wars trilogy existing for the new fans. And I've always said that since Force Awakens. My problem with it is that Rise of Skywalker basically said, ha, you know all you new fans who've come in and The Last Jedi was basically saying, we're going to toss all that old stuff away and this is for you now. Yeah. Yeah, forget all that. We're going to listen to all the men yeah. who want it to be the original. Yeah, this is this is for the like whiny the originals YouTubers. and didn't like the prequels. Yeah. But the prequels are okay now because it turns out they're not as bad as new ones. <laughs> Which, which, technically, on a filmic level, the sequel trilogy is better than the prequels. But the story for the prequels is much better than the story for the sequels because at least George knew what he was going and what he was doing. Yeah. It's just on a script level, both of them are shit. <laughs> it is, let's be honest. I love Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But it's got flaws in it. Yeah. Oh, she's died because she's had enough. Um... Let Leia live. Attack of the Clones is a lot of fun, but that's not good. No, it isn't really, let's be honest. But they should have let Padme live. Fake her death. Hmm. Put her in um, with Bail Organa as Leia's nannies. Okay. So that Leia is raising... Leia, sorry. Padme is raising her daughter I know, but then to that... be a rebel, but then she dies later on. I was going to say that doesn't matter anyway, because then the planet yeah, gets she, blown up. Yeah, she dies later on, but then... Return of the Jedi, Leia could actually go, yeah, I remember me, Mum. Yeah. Because as it stands... Anyway, that was the email section of the show. We did it as a separate thing because it's ended up being quite long. And for people who find email sections boring, you can now skip this bit. Well, maybe I should have told you that at the beginning. <laughs> anyway, uh, have a good Christmas. Have a good New Year. Let's hope 2021 doesn't suck moose. And we'll see you all again real soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.